He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! You can hate me now, QB, but I won't stop now. Real niggas, cause I can't stop now. Brave hearts, you can hate me now. Come on, but I won't stop now. You know what my favorite ring is? The next one. Now that's what I think. The next one. What's up? What's going on, Kenny? Nothing. Ready to talk some Patriots. Yeah, man. So, uh, what's going on, people? It's Justin. Uh, we're doing something kind of weird this week. Uh, it's, uh, what is it, Tuesday? Yeah, it's Tuesday. Um... I'm home in Connecticut. Everybody else is up in Mass, and I just I wasn't gonna drive all the way to Massachusetts, um, so I got Kenny on the show. So what's up, dude? What's up? Yep, host of the Wicked Smart Pod. Uh, so I, I've not not my first time or uh, not my first rodeo, I guess you'd say, uh, with a podcast recording. So don't worry. I think I think I'll be able to handle. I think I'll be able to pick up the slack. Uh, you know, I, I, it's hard to carry the load that uh, three people carry. So I'll probably. You know, it's, but I'm going to do my best. Do my I, best. I, I believe in you, man. I believe in you. Um, so, so also, as always, the show is brought to you by GuyBossomSports.com. Get over there, buy some merch. We just dropped a bunch of sick shit because, you know, the Red Sox won the World Series and all that. I heard that. Stuff. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's because everybody in Boston is running on like 12 hours of sleep over the past four days. Right. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. But uh, I guess we'll talk about the uh, quote-unquote game last night. Um, that was so boring. Holy shit. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, you know, when you have to – anytime – you know, the, the dead giveaway should have been when they said Derek Anderson was the other team starting UB. And it should be like, all right, it's – I mean, you, you know, I, I don't understand why Buffalo didn't just forfeit. But, you know, they kept it close for long enough. It's just when you have Derek Anderson at quarterback, it's – it's probably not going to go well for you. Yeah, things are bound to fall apart at some point with that guy like running the offense. And I mean, I think his position title is actually just career backup. I think I don't even think they call him a quarterback. I think they just call him a career backup. Yeah, I mean, I think they said he he started a few games in Cleveland, and that was like the last time he started. And that was I think it was like 2014 or 2015. It's all like, you need to know. It's all you need yeah, to know. Yeah, exactly. And then, oh man, but yeah, that was a super lackluster game. Just field goals until like. Uh, what nine minutes left in the fourth, and then the Patriots finally got in the end zone, and then Devin McCourty just just read that play perfectly, and right. just uh, they said he was actually he said he was the single fastest runner this season so far. Um, he definitely looked good returning it, you know, and it's good, you know, because McCourty, you know, some question marks this season for sure around his play, and even last night, uh, yep. he wasn't doing great, uh, and you know. He's part of the reasons why tight ends like Trey Burton and Eric Ebron have been shredding us. So, well, that's I, the thing is we need to stop putting him on tight ends. We need to put Chung on tight ends because Chung right. is, like, made to cover a tight end. Right. So it's good uh, It's good that he was able to get that pick six. Hopefully, like, you know, gets his play on the right on the back, uh, back on the right track. So Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that was a nice confidence boost running an 85-yard pick six. So, yeah. I mean, obviously it's against the Bills, so take that with a little bit of a – you know, a little bit of a grain of salt, but at the same time, I mean, he he ran 22 miles an hour down the sideline. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, they said on the broadcast the first defensive touchdown since in 40 weeks or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, that definitely uh, long overdue for one of those. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just. I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to decide what's more exciting, like a long pick six or a kickoff return for a touchdown. Because, like, Cordero Patterson's kickoff return last week had me hyped as all hell. I would say Patterson's was more exciting for me. And, you know, a lot, we had a big discussion about this uh, with the rest of the staff. A lot of people upset about Patterson's little celebration at the end. I like it. You know, this is – it's something that the rest of the NFL gets to enjoy. You know, funny celebrations. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for fun. And you know what? Like, no – I just don't understand the the backlash. Like no one at that point, no one's gonna catch it. And just my opinion on it's just if you're so fast that the next closest guy is forty yards away from you, exactly, you can, he gives a shit. You can uh, have your teammate go bring out a like a, a wooden rowboat, and you can take a row and row yourself into the end zone if you want. I don't like, really, you seriously. know, I, I don't, I don't really. Uh, I'll, I'll, you can do anything when you're that fast. So I. Like, like, people are, people are acting like he literally like stopped at the 10, had a tea party, and then like right, yeah, went yeah. into the end zone. It's like, dude, he high-fived his teammate and then walked into the end zone. The closest guy was 35 yards behind him. Like, my everybody, fa- everybody would do the same shit. One of my favorite celebrations of all time is when I think they the Seahawks pitched it to Marshall. On the, or no, you know what? I think it was a little uh, – he ran a little drag route. No one covered him. And they threw it – it was like opening night, I think, against the 49ers. And they threw it him, and no one's close to him. And he goes to the one-yard line. And then he stops and he looks at the 49ers as no one's even close to him. And then, like, Eric Reed just stares at him for, like, a half a second and realizes he stopped and takes one step. And as soon as Eric Reed takes even one half a step, Lynch just puts it over the end zone and yeah. stops. And it's like – but that was, like, one of my favorite celebrations because it's just like uh, – like, you know, it's just like – I don't know. I just love that type of taunting that uh, certain guys do. And, you know, Patterson's doing the same thing and not quite to the extent that uh, Lynch did. Cause Lynch hey, man, is- I, I love a good flex, you know. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's fun for everybody. Lynch was the king of that. Lynch, I mean, oh, he did the same thing on the beast mode run. You know, the hold my he, dick. Yeah, that was yeah, just oh, yeah. so good. Um, So Brady threw a block last night. That a l- little terrifying. I don't like seeing our our – our Lord and Savior throwing himself at like defensive ends, but hey, right. got the first and uh, yeah that 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 whole time I'm I'm sitting there I'm like where is he going What is he doing Oh God But right. yeah it was you know just you enough know, to get Edelman defense, at first Buffalo's defense is really good and uh, you know I thought I oh, thought yeah. it was going to be good enough to keep them competitive this year I mean I didn't think Tyrod Taylor was that great I figured you know I mean. I, 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 maybe, I guess I was wrong. I don't know. He also lost the job. He also lost the Browns job. So I don't know what that says about what the Bills have a quarterback now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the fact that he was able to take him to the playoffs and this now they, they are arguably the worst team in the NFL, according to a lot of people, is crazy to me because that defense has not changed much at all. They still have Tredavious White, who's one of the best young corners in the league, really. They picked up Tremaine Edmonds, who looks like an absolute animal and was you know, obviously one of the best linebackers in the draft last year. And, you know, now they, uh, I mean, they still have Kyle Williams, who was great last night. I mean, that defense, it should be, you know, it should be enough to make them a, a competitive NFL team. And I guess they, they were for a little while, but I think that's, you know, more about the Patriots not being able to get into the end zone than about them that, you know, but then, like I said, defense is good. So, you know, that, that defense show proved that they were good last night, uh, but the offense just, I mean, it's not gonna, it's not enough for them. Yeah. I'm glad that like our defense finally made, 
like a shitty team look like a shitty team, not right. you know, because I mean, look what happened like with Jacksonville. It was like, yeah. how did we lose to that team? Like they're absolutely trash. But it's like, I didn't mind us giving up forty to the Chiefs because I basically figured they were going to drop forty. Yeah, it's more about the fact that they only had nine in the first half and they scored thirty-one in the second half. I think people were, you know, hoping that they could limit the damage in the second half, hold them under thirty, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you held the Chiefs under thirty. You know, that's pretty good. But yeah, uh, and you know, it looked like they wouldn't be able to do that. But then they, the defense just—I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes really incredible player. I mean, that kid's sick. That kid is absolutely sick. And I just hope, or I, I hope for the sake of the NFL that he doesn't go the same way as some of these other quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson lays up the league and then his second year, you know, he still looks pretty good, but you know, uh, maybe he's not the best example, but Derek Carr is someone who, you know, in his first couple, couple of years, people were comparing him to Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and then he falls apart and it's happened with, you know, more than, more than a few guys. So, you know, you hope that um, Holmes, the league, you know, doesn't figure him out, so to speak, and he still can. Because, I mean, who is that that next, like, era of Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's and Drew Brees' and, like, elite, 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 elite level quarterbacks? And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, you hope it's Mahomes, but really it doesn't seem like there's anyone on those guys' level that's, like, under 30. So, I mean, no. you know, hope that it's Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, even, like, I mean, we're, what, it's, what, week nine almost? I mean, week nine kicks off tomorrow, but it's, like, I mean, I, we got, like, a real small sample of Mahomes last year, but it's, like, this year the kid's just been, like, a monster. Like, it's just been, right. like, stupid watching him throw, like, a thousand touchdowns every game for, like, a billion yards. It's, like – and it's, like, you're, you're waiting for them to have, like, that one kind of whatever game, but it's, like, it just doesn't come. It's just, like, you know, even the game – the one game they lost to the Patriots, Mahomes, it looked like he threw for 700 yards. Yeah. You know, to me uh... – he has to be the MVP. And I, I think it's a very interesting debate. I think that him and Todd Gurley both deserve it, but I think it's, it, I, I think it has to be Mahomes. And I think even it's, this kind of reminds me in a sense of the NBA rookie of the year between uh, the 20, uh, like when Malcolm Brogdon won it. And then the next year, of course, last year, Ben Simmons wins it. And I, I you know, it, it makes me think, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons were both so good that I just feel like they should have taken away Malcolm Brogdon's MVP and given it to or rookie of the year rather and given it to you know Donovan Mitchell and had mm-hmm. both of them and last year Tom Brady was really great but you know a lot of MVP candidates had to get injured for him to even win it like Carson Wentz had to get injured yeah I know you know because Carson Wentz was running away with it and Tom Brady won it because it was just because so many guys got injured that they were just like, all right, just give it to Tom Brady because, you know, it's a, that's the best player in the league because, you know, we need to find someone to give it to. So, yeah. you know, th- and this year, the candidates are just so much more, like, amazing. Like, they're putting up some, like, ridiculous stats. Uh, and so, you know, I see a little bit of similarities there. Not that I'm saying they should take away Tom Brady's MVP award. Although, you know, with MVP, the record of MVPs and Super Bowls, I guess maybe we should want that, actually. But uh, Yeah, I was, I was actually, like, a little pissed when – like my buddy Dylan, who we've had on the show, was like, "Yeah, dude, Brady got MVP." I'm like, "That sucks." And he's like, "Why does that suck?" I'm like, "Cause that means we're probably not gonna win the Super Bowl." And he's yeah. like, "He's like, Brady's taking them both." I'm like, "I." It still would have been cool to have the uh, the MVP and the Super Bowl, like you know, first guy to do that. But oh yeah, but at know, the same it's... time, it's just like it's just like something about that just it doesn't work in the Super Bowl, and it's 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 nuts that like it's never happened. Right. I, I think I think it's just one of the, you know, it's like David Price never winning the soup in the postseason. It's gonna happen eventually, but yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, it was, it, you know, it is, it still has that stigma of you're like, you're kind of feeling iffy about it, you know? So until, uh, until one of them doesn't, you know, it seems like it would have been last year, but you know, I, I, I don't even remember what happened last year quite. I think I had a lobotomy to get it out of my memory. So, uh, yeah, you know, no, I just, yeah, I just forgot about that entirely. <laughs> right. Just gloss over that mentally for the rest of my life. Um, so I also want to talk about how awful, awful, awful Monday Night Football officiate like uh, oh announcing is. Holy like, shit! Don't even get me started on it. Like I cannot understand why they're doing this three-man thing where all three of them are calling the game at the same. Like this, the setup for every commentating, you know, every commentating group on the planet pretty much is two announcers, a sideline reporter. And you go to the sideline reporter when you want to know what the coach says or what someone else says or what's happening on the sideline or injury information. The one thing sideline reporters never do or almost never do rarely is give their opinion on anything. I only need two opinions on the game. I barely even want Jason Wittens, but fine. If you're going to make me get dig Jason Wittens, fine. I will take their two opinions on the game. I do not need a third silent reporter telling me what they think of the game. I don't care who it is. It's nothing against Booger McFarland. I have nothing personally against him. He needs he, to shut the hell up. I don't think he's even particularly that great, but you know, it's my view could be being shaped just by the fact that any sideline reporter, I don't want to hear from you at all. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your name is. I don't care if, if Al Michaels is the sideline reporter for a game on NBC. I don't want to hear from the sideline reporter unless they're telling me something about the team injury, what a coach said, anything. I don't understand why they're doing this. The only three-man booth that I can that I can think of that I absolutely 100% like is the NBA when they do Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Mike Breen. And that is because, one, Mike Breen is absolutely amazing. And, two, Mark Jackson and Jeff Green just have a really funny rapport. Obviously, Jeff Green coached Mark Jackson. Now they're both coaches. They have a really great funny rapport, and they give a great back and forth. And that is the only one that I'll ever allow ever. I don't, And it's even more ridiculous because Booker McFarland isn't even in the booth. He's not. He's on a he's crane really, like, yeah, on the side of it. Yeah, like that's the most that's the most like ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, did you see the video a couple weeks ago? Like, some guy took from the stands that like couldn't see the game because they have a giant television mounted on the back of his oh. fucking like one man roller coaster. I, I I did not see the video, but I've seen the pictures about like I've seen stories like ESPN fixed Booger McFarlane's thing. Like, I I just don't understand. Why is if you're gonna have a three man booth, why is he on the sideline at all? Why not just put him in the booth? Exactly. Why Why are you putting him out there and it, it's just pick one, pick one. Do you want a three-man booth or do you want a, a two-man booth and a sideline reporter? Because you can't have both at the same time. It's a ridiculous setup, and they're talking over each other, and they're all all three of them are trying to get their opinions on the game as their opinion. And it's like you're, the next play is ta- happening right now, and you're ta- you're talking about what you think of the last play. The Bills are on offense, and you're talking about what you think of the Patriots' offense right now, and what's that? It's like it's too much. It's too much. You need two reporters and a sideline reporter, unless you're Jeff Finn, Gundy, and Mark Jackson. No, it's a, it it doesn't work. It wasn't working for them, and it's just I think it's just a ridiculous, uh, ridiculous kind of system that they're trying to rig there with ESPN. I don't even understand why they're trying it in the first place. Honestly, I don't I don't know how they even got this idea. Yeah, I mean it's like you know Sunday Night Football with like Michelle Tafoya. You hear from her at like the start of the game, uh, halftime, just after halftime, and then like maybe two times throughout the second half. Not. Every other fucking sentence, it's, oh, well, I'm going to pipe in here with blah, 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 blah. It's like, just 
stop it. And it's like, for some reason, it feels like they just, like, they have to fill the air with them talking. There can't just be the play happening. It has to be, oh, here goes this and this and this and this. And it's like, just, just shut up, just shut up, just shut, shut up. It's like, literally, it's like having three Chris Collinsworths. And this is like, that's a personal hell of mine is like being caught in a room with three Chris Collinsworths saying RPO a thousand fucking times. Can you imagine, can you imagine a football game being called by Joe Buck, Chris Collinsworth, and Booger McFarland? I think uh, my head would explode. (laughs) I would just like, I I would break my TV and then just like burn myself to death just to like never ever be a part of anything even remotely associated with that. Like that's just, that's like, that's actual hell. Like Joe Buck drives me (laughs) fucking crazy. It's something I said last night. Mike Gorman, the Celtics announcer, he is so, Mike Gorman, amazing legend. And one thing he is very good at is knowing when to shut up, when not to say anything. Just let. What are people come, tuning in to do? They're tuning in to watch the game. They they're not even. People will listen to your opinion, and that it might be interesting fifty percent of the time, maybe on balance. You know, I, you know, for different depending on who the announcer is, but generally they just want to watch the game. And Mike Gorman knows when to not talk as a commentator and. Just let people watch the game and tune in and, and you know, say, now this guy's the ball, just make sure everybody knows what's going on. These guys don't know when to shut up. They Not don't know all. when to stop talking. They, they have no idea. They, don't, they just think everybody, I need to tell, oh, let me just say, this is what I think about this. This is what I think about this. Let me tell everybody what I think about the game. But let me think about, tell me, this is why this is going on. This is why I think this is going on. This is why I think this coach made this decision. And it would be one thing if it was one guy, because that's typical, you know, it's standard for any game. It'd be one thing if one guy is giving you, you know, the color commentator is giving you what his opinion is. That's, you know, that's, that's fine. And that, that's standard. It is both Jason Witten and Brogan McFarlane once, and then you have the commentator on top of it trying to, you know, keep everything together, keep everything moving, and he can't because these two guys are both trying to fit everything in. No, you're a sideline reporter. Why are you – is this something I, – I, the only explanation I can have is for some reason Booger McFarlane's, like, forcing them to let him do this or it was his idea and he, like, is really pushing it, and it's so terrible. It's so awful. It's the worst thing. I know people are mad about – and I don't even really understand why about how NBC, like – makes the first down area on the field more green. You know how people have been mad about I that? Don't, I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I actually kind of like that. It's a little I bit don't easier mind for it. Like I, people getting into football. I can take it or leave it. It doesn't bother me either way. I, I know where the first down is without it. So I, it doesn't, I don't, oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's a real use for it other than like, so I'm not, but people are annoyed about that. This is the most annoying thing. It's not even close. This is far more annoying than that ESPN or that NBC green thing. And it's just it, it's yeah it is getting ridiculous. Like and we talked about you talked mentioned Joe Buck quickly. I mean, what a World Series for that guy. I, he he just I mean he uh, he said a lot of things that were just uh, I don't know. We don't need to get into it. But Joe Joe Buck not great either. But he no. you know I, he he has his moments. He's 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 very very wide range for Joe Buck. He can either be really good. He's you know nice nice announcer, or he can just. Say some yeah, he's like, idiotic things. It seems like Joe Buck's like a man of extremes when it comes to announcing. Either he's like really on or completely off. There's no right. – oh, Joe Buck had like an aura. It's like he was either awesome or dog shit. There's no middle ground for Joe Buck. His call – uh, his final call for the Patriots winning the Super Bowl was good. Yeah, that's actually part of our intro for the show, and I and can live his, with that. Yeah. His final call for – the Red Sox win the World Series. Eh, it, was, it was okay. It was fine. I don't. Th- I think he probably could have done a little better, but you know. But the Patriots one was good. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's like if I had to pick like two announcers that I, I genuinely like enjoy listening to would probably be Kevin Harland. I really like that dude. Oh, that's good. And then um, Jack Edwards for the Bruins. That guy like yep. gets me so hyped like for not, no reason. Not to, make, not to make this completely about announcers, but a lot of people don't like Hubie Brown for ESPN. And he can be he's old, he's 85 now so he's he's a little you know he could get a little out of it sometimes he's yeah. a little spacey but i just think he's like really you know i think Huey brown it's just kind of charming to have him in the booth and ta- talking about the game and stuff is like that and I, I don't know i just i find him charming talking but a lot of people do not like Huey brown i like Huey brown just want to make that known but yeah if i you know i love mike gorman and tommy heinz and i hope you know i, I just want to listen to them as, as long as possible those guys are great and uh, th- th- that would be my pick. And if I had to pick a national, it'd be the guys I already said: uh, the Mark Jackson, Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gunny. I think they they had some some comedy to the game. Sometimes they're pretty funny themselves, going back and forth. So, and Mark Jackson's signature catchphrase is pretty good ones. Mama, there goes that man, and uh, <laughs> that's the one that comes up to, to mind uh, immediately. Uh, there, there's a number of other ones that are really good. So uh, that's that's those are my picks. Yeah, those are probably like my two like television announcer, my favorite all time, like media guy that ever covered like any Boston sports team is Gil Santos. Hands down. Love that man. And I was like genuinely like hurt when he passed, but like, because growing up there were days where I like, I wouldn't listen to the game on the TV. I would mute the TV and then turn on the radio just to hear Gil while the Patriots were playing on television. That was, that was my guy. Um, but uh, I guess we'll just cover two more quick things. Uh, how about the Josh Gordon story being completely made up? <laughs> right, I don't know what happened with that. That is so. That is such a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Someone, someone. I mean, if I, I think it was Ian Rapport who initially reported it. If I was Rapport, and who, by the way, I trust Rapport. I think Rapport's generally very good reporter. Oh, hundred percent. Someone gave him the wrong information, and I don't know who it was. Maybe he got pranked by somebody. I would, I would doubt that i feel like someone in the patriots organization just gave him the wrong information and i would be pissed today if i was Rapport. i would be so pissed and i don't you know i'm not even ruling out that potentially the patriots had planned to sit josh gordon and then they just decided not to and it was like you know what why even tell anyone you know what i mean so but so uh I think that that's also a thing that could have happened but Rapport, as far as i've seen i don't think he's come out today and said anything about this is what happened and try to make yeah, excuses. And I'll tell you what, I think that him doing that, it, I think he is genuinely pissed, but I think he's also saying, you know, I have this great in with the Patriots and I don't want to be like, well, they told me this and this is what happened. This is why I got it wrong. I think he's just taking the, you know, going to take it and he doesn't want to call anyone out so that he still has that in with the Patriots. And I think that's the reason we haven't seen anything from him. But wow, I mean that. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I don't know. Would you, do you think? Do you think that you have another theory on what happened there? Well, I mean, I was listening to the post game, the Patriots post game show on the way to work this right. morning, and uh, Andy Hart and um, uh, Paul Perillo were talking about it, and Andy Hart asked him something, and he said he read something on Twitter that. Uh, Someone said they heard Ninkovich say about it that, like, um, the Patriots might have said that and inside their organization to see who would listen to it. 
And basically, it was like a sting operation for like a snitch inside their own organization kind of thing. And Perillo said that that had happened before, but when Parcells was coach, but Belichick was still part of the coaching tree. And uh, he said they've done it before. So, I mean, maybe they're just trying to find like a rat in their ranks and just like get that dude out of there. The only thing I would say that doesn't quite add up with that is that if even if that were the case, how would that and how would them saying that help them figure out who it was, right? Because if they say that to the whole staff and then one person goes and tells the report, how do they how do they know who it is? No, I, I mean, I, I didn't uh, when I heard it, I was kind of like I had that same thought. I was like, how the hell would that like make any sense? But I don't know. I just thought that was like a, a hot. No, I think it's interesting. I think I guess. So I, yeah, like, I think yeah, it is interesting. Right. The, the only way I could imagine making sense is if they only told one person and they were doing this like every week or something like they were putting yeah. some piece in and Belichick was just telling one staffer at a time each week and then waiting for some something to leak out. But that would be even more convoluted and complicated. So I, I don't know how possible that is either. But yeah, it would it would it would still be tough unless you yeah I, I'm not sure quite how they would be able to uh, decipher who said it even if it was some made up piece of information because they you know even if it was real information you know that like it, there's no sense in making up the information unless you know you could say oh I, you don't want anything to get out but making it up doesn't help you identify who it is any better right yeah. so so I don't I don't quite follow it hundred percent. But I think it's. I think that would be interesting if that's what it was. I mean, you know, wait and wait and see if we uh, hear anyone got fired, and that's how we'd figure it out, I suppose. But yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just. I don't know. It was just funny when, like, after the game, like Josh Gordon shows up in his snakeskin jacket, and he's like, right. I don't know, ask yeah. coach, and then Belichick was like, uh, ask whoever wrote that. I don't know what you're talking about, and everybody was kind of like. Uh, shit. What do we do now? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I one thing. Uh, Josh Gordon's fit after the game. That was a pretty nice jacket. Gotta say. That yeah. Like, oh yeah, man. I I like cool. that a lot. Didn't, didn't quite have anything to go with it. It was no. just it looked like a jacket over like a black shirt. So he didn't quite have it all all figured out. But jacket's nice. Oh yeah. No. I mean, when I saw because I, I I saw the outfit and I was like, ah, man, that's like a okay outfit but then like the jacket was like oh shit that's like that's a snakeskin jacket like this dude is just rocking snakeskin after the game all right man do your thing i think i think on like a seven hundred thousand dollar salary something like that too so oh i mean i'm sure he got plenty of snakeskin jackets in cleveland (laughs) um all right so yeah the game ended 25 to 6 that's actually only the fourth time ever in nfl history that's happened Really? Uh, yeah, I read they were talking about that this morning on the well last night, but this morning for me on the post game show, they said that it happened in I think the last time it was twenty five to six was nineteen eighty four, and then the two previous times before that was nineteen thirty something and nineteen twenty something. I guess it has. I guess it is kind of complicated to get to twenty five when you think yeah. about it. it has to be. You know, you can get there with a couple, you know, if you went for two twice and got to 16 and then kicked three field goals, but why would you go for two if the other team only has six points? Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to get there, you know, that, and that, I think the way they did it was they had to kick a field goal and they had to uh, go for two and they didn't get it. 
So and then they got another touchdown. So that's that gets you to 16 and three more field goals. So it is it's kind of tricky to get to 25. So I guess that makes sense that uh that they that that's only happened very few times. But it still seems like for a very low score, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you expect like a score once the score is like 52 to like 49, like we've seen a couple different times. Like yeah. see, you know once a year we see a score like that. You're like if that's never happened, you're like all right, well that's you know t- that, then you're getting up there, you know, and that kind of makes sense. But for a score that's like where both teams are under 30, you wouldn't really expect to hear it. For it, be, for it to be so rare. But wasn't the the forty three forty score in the Chiefs like the first time that's ever happened? Something like that, yeah. Something this there was a score this year between I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs and someone. I want to say the Saints, but I think that's wrong. But uh, yeah, there was some team this year with the Chiefs that uh, that, that score that never happened before. So yeah, I think it was I think it was actually the Patriots game. It was like forty three forty. It never happened in the NFL history before, which just oh. seems absolutely absurd. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm not not sure. Just, it seems absolutely ridiculous to me. Cannot confirm. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, all right, man. Well, is there anything you'd like to promote before we uh, before we sign off? Yeah, just I mean, follow follow my pod on Twitter. We get smart pod. There's you know been some problems with Google Play. So if you're subscribing on Google Play or iTunes, it's a little iffy that right now the, the for some reason they're not being uploaded correctly. Uh, I listened to, to the last episode on iTunes. No problem. Yeah, the last episode was up there, but uh, the, I, the 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 episode with um who was it with though with that episode, it was with uh was it, who was can you remind me I can only was it remember. Drew, it was Drew yes 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 so the episode with Drew went up there and then I did an episode with uh, Andrew Nason that did not was was not put up there even though I you know uploaded everything correctly and then mm-hmm. this recent this episode that I posted today as well on the Patriots trade deadline which uh you know not a lot happened but. Uh, that hasn't gone up that yet either. So if he problems with that, you know, so if, but if you do want to listen to the pod, just keep, follow at Wicked Smart Pod on Twitter and it's always posted and tweeted out on there. And the, and, uh, you know, you can just, it's pretty easy to scroll through. Don't tweet a lot from the account. So, the, you know, it's the pod, all the episodes are pretty easy to find on there. You don't need to do too much scrolling. Uh, so, um, yeah, so pretty easy to do that. So just follow at Wicked Smart Pod on Twitter. And uh, you know, follow at Guy Boston Sports as well because there's a lot of a lot of great stuff. So I think that's all you I got a, a lot of hardworking folks over there doing a right, lot of good yeah. work. Exactly, and like you said, some some pretty uh, nice Red Sox shirts that I know have been in the works for a while, and uh, a Celtics shirt. I don't know if it's dropped yet. Little little. Oh, hey, Evan, Evan's teaser. Evan did tease a Celtics shirt. He did put the teaser out there. I don't think it's officially dropped yet, but I know you know this has been in the works for quite some time, working with different you know, different designers to get this uh, shirt just right. And so, you know, pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big, a lot of work went into the shirt. So uh, keep an eye out on that. Don't know if it's dropped yet, but, uh, but yeah, just uh, watch out for that. And, you know, just make sure you follow up with uh, everything, all the posts going on, because I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of stuff with Red Sox off season coming up and Bruins, Celtics, Patriots all underway. So some, some good stuff to, to come. Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was nice to have uh, you know another another face from the site on here, and uh, yeah, you know, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, always, bro. Always enjoy it. Always enjoy it. Cheap seats on Twitter. Always putting out uh, like you know live tweeting all the games and everything. Putting out some good, you know, if try to almost as good as the podcast. Almost not quite there, but all the all yeah, the, all the tweets. It's just uh, you know, it's a, it's great great entertainment during the game. So. You guys better make sure you're doing that as well. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, all right, Kenny. Well, uh, let's uh, let's do this again sometime, man. Maybe with uh, maybe with the rest of the uh, the idiot brigade. 
Yeah, I know you brought up doing the the round table at some point. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that to Evan. He said he's down with it, so maybe we can make that we have like done actual stuff thing. Like we have done stuff like that in the past. We did, I believe, for Super Bowl Fifty One. Ahead of that, we did something. Okay. And we did a little. Uh, I did with uh, Andrew Nason and someone I did the podcast with today, Hayden Eskridge, uh, who's not with the site anymore, but you know, still with former co-hosts of mine. Yeah. Uh, we ended up. We did a. Uh, a mock draft with like all 32 uh first round like picks last year and it was like an hour and a half long uh and so it was like that that was a little audio uh kind of round table type of thing that we did so it would be if we did one it would be the third time we ever did something like that and they are fun they're fun to do so we'll see if uh it would be interesting to get something like that going but you know that's again something kind of behind the scenes still workshop and different stuff yeah, we're always, absolutely we're always workshopping different things at the site so you never know what's going to come out yeah but uh all right well uh yeah uh, follow guy boston sports listen to wicked uh wicked smart boston or wicked smart podcast fuck uh follow kenny follow the website follow us listen to all the shows on guy boston uh guy boston sports.com because we all bust our asses. Read the articles because, again, we all bust our asses to give you guys. Protest Booger McFarland being on ESPN. Yes, just protest ESPN except for Teddy Bruschi. Everybody on ESPN except him can just get fisted. Uh, but all right. Well, uh, thanks, Kenny. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Peace. Later.